What's up, folks? Hello. What's going on? Welcome to episode 56 of the Spun Today podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz. Thank you very much for listening. I don't know why, but I hear kind of like a staticky sound. And all the levels and all that shit and wires seems to be fine. Uh, maybe it's just like the headphone connection or something like that. Hopefully it's not coming through, but regardless of that what's up i feel like i haven't done one of these in a while all right so in this episode i speak about finding my kindergarten progress report which that's what it says like on the title but it's a report card and i wonder how many people call it progress report i wonder if that's one of those things that's like a regional thing you know like maybe in cali or somewhere in the midwest or down south or somewhere they call it progress report, but we call it report card. Or maybe everybody calls it progress report, and I'm the only one that calls it report card. Anyway, New York City Public Schools, folks. I found that. I'm going to speak about that a bit. I, I, in this episode, I also speak about a previously unreleased George Carlin comedy special that just came out. Reading the Back to the Future screenplay. And I also read and reflect on some free writing, which is located at spuntoday.com forward slash free writing. So first up, my kindergarten progress report. So my mother actually found this somewhere and uh, she gave it to me. And it's pretty cool to like go through and see. It's from 19, the 1989 to June uh, 1990, September 1989 to June 1990 school semester at PS 108 Queens. And my kindergarten teacher was Miss Bosey and my class was K202. It was cool. Like I was looking at it just to see, you know, I was one, I don't know, feeling nostalgic, I guess, but, um, just in general, just going through it to see like what's in a kindergartner's a report card i haven't seen one since probably uh, kindergarten but uh there's five i wonder how it is now that would be interesting to see like to compare i guess i'll compare like with my nieces once uh they get to the to that uh point in time in a couple of years anyway this one is broken down into five main categories which is personal and social development physical development creative expression intellectual development and communicational skills and then which within each of those categories there's like five to ten uh, uh different uh, subtopics so for example under personal and social development it says things like participates in class activities follows directions uh knows name knows address uh which is pretty funny and then you think hey you know kindergarten look what the hell do you know when you're in kindergarten uh, creative expression says uh, the subtopics f- uh, within that is enjoys participating in art and constructive activities, uses art materials creatively, participates in musical activities, stuff like that. The physical development is uses this. This one was interesting. I guess it you know, obviously it has to do with like gym class or something like that. And it says on the physical development, there's two categories. 
the first one is uses large muscles appropriately for age. And then parentheses, it's hops, jumps, runs, throws a large ball, not a small ball, a large ball, etc. And the second category is uses small muscles appropriately for age. And in parentheses, it, it explains it to be dresses self, cuts, draws, paints, does puzzles, etc. <laughs> that was kind of weird. Um, let's see. Intellectual development. Has things like remembers a sequence of events, can recognize shapes, can count objects from 1 to 10, recognizes likeness and differences in size, uh, quantity, position. Then communication skills is can print own name, uh, identifies colors, identifies letters of the alphabet, recognizes beginning sounds, speaks clearly, etc., etc., which I don't do now, so I wonder how I was, I was doing that back then. And the grades, which was interesting, is I guess you're a kindergartner, you know, so they're not going to grade you like, like, from like, you know, A's and B's or like 1 to 100 or whatever, or 65 to 100, right? What was failing back in the day? I think 60 or 65, depending on the class. Um, so every, there's only three grades. The first one is uh, satisfactory, S. Uh, needs improvement, N, and not applicable. So it's kind of like a pass-fail kind of thing. And I got, I was a nerd, so I got a S in every single thing except within two categories, within two subcategories, which was nose address. I got an N for that, needs improvement. And recognizes rhyming words was the second one. That I got an N for. And everything else I got an S, which is pretty cool. Then lastly, at the end, it has uh, teacher's comments and then the parent signature. We have to bring it home to the parent, make sure that they saw it. My dad signed it. And um, there's uh, four different periods. So for her, and you see, there was only a requirement, I guess, because there's only a space for comments for period two and period four. And for period two, which I'm guessing is like, you know, midterm, mid-semester mid or whatever. Uh, Ms. Bozy wrote, Antonio is a dependable boy. He is very cooperative and takes an active part in all our activities. And then in the fourth period, uh, which is the end of the year, she wrote, Antonio is a wonderful boy, and I was happy to have him in my class. He takes an interest in all work and is a most agreeable and willing worker. Have a good summer. And that's it. That's pretty cool. Oh, then it says new class. 1-2-1-2-13. First day of new term, September 10th, 1990. Damn, that reminds me. When they gave... when I remember... Every, then everybody that you were like in class with... Um, cause you know, you go to first grade, second grade, like you, the classes get split up and not split up, but everybody goes to a different class. Right. Um, but then you go around to the, damn, just reading that just reminded me of that. You go around to like, um, the rest of the kids in your class and like, Oh, what, what class are you going to be in? Oh, you're going to be in my class. Oh, we're going to be best friends or, you know, like stuff like that. 
Um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, that's that. Next is uh, previously. Uh, this is a pretty cool story. So, and I linked uh, as usual um, and to this article that I'm about to reference, which is a previously unreleased George Carlin comedy special that just came out. Not an actual um, like visual special, uh, but a comedy special CD. Um, was just recently released from previously unreleased unreleased um like bits of his and it wasn't like some you know like Tupac is still releasing releasing music and stuff like that but it's like shitty stuff that he didn't really want to release at the time like I guess it wasn't up to like his personal standards it wasn't anything like that that somebody just dug up uh, George Carlin's you know some bits that never that were never um put out there this is uh something completely different it was actually a special that he was getting ready to record in November of 2001. And these recordings, the name of the special, you know, he was already like booked uh, to do it with HBO. The name of the special was already titled and the title was, I kind of like it when a lot of people die. And this was pre 9-11 again. Um, it was scheduled for November 2001 but these, uh, you know, he's working out the material, obviously, and doing it at, like, in different clubs, as comedians do, and, um, you know, polishing it for the special that he was about to record uh, for HBO. And then in this CD uh, was put together from, um fucking butchering the story, basically, on September 9th. And September 10th, uh, he recorded uh, like this set, which was in preparation for the HBO special that he was about to record. And then the next day, obviously 9-11 happened. And um, obviously the title and the content uh, of it, which is, again, I kind of like it when a lot of people die, wasn't wasn't going to be a, you know, a good thing, obviously, after 9-11. Like everything changed. And, um, like the article is written like, uh, as, um, like the title of it, for example, is George Carlin's shocking, uh, prescience on the nights before nine 11. And, uh, cause he did mention like planes and planes exploding and Osama bin Laden, he actually mentioned by name. And, um, I'm not going to like give away the bits or anything like that, but, it was George Carlin is my all-time favorite comic. I remember always um, liking him, always being like drawn to like his style of like not give a fuck attitude and his like in intelligence, political intelligence, and and just willingness to put himself out there the way the way that he did. Not to mention that he was like literally like one of the pioneers for like the comics of today that we, that we love today, like Ari Shafir, um, which is my, uh, my favorite comic now. Um, and you know, the Bill Burrs and like everybody that he's, he's paved the road for, um, or played a part in paving the road for, uh, since then. 
Uh, he was really prolific, and I actually have to I have to go back because I didn't I've never seen like every one of his specials, um, or listen to every one of his his uh comedy CDs. But I have seen a few, a handful. I think he has he he was pretty prolific actually. Like, I looked it up. It was like like six or seven or eight or nine or ten like different specials or something like that probably even more than that um but i have seen a handful and i remember uh this was back in like the limewire napster days i used to like download bits like individual they had like individual bits of his online and i used to have them in in my uh mp3 player at the time which i don't even think was an ipod um but yeah that uh it was pretty crazy. So anyway, they put together this. Uh, they pretty much shelved a shitload of the of the content from that HBO special, um, which they assumed was going to be canceled. But HBO told them that it wasn't going to be canceled, and they uh, he shelved a bunch of the 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 bits from it that obviously you know wouldn't wouldn't uh i don't know be right to speak about um a month after 9-11 and um they you know renamed the special um what did they they renamed this something with a c and grievances like condolences and grievances or something like that or complaint complaints and grievances that's the special and he um he filmed that special in new york city and what else so everything that was shelved from that from that uh original uh set uh which again was called i kind of like it when a lot of people die it's available on like itunes and you know wherever you get your shit um that they put those bits together and released this cd that just came out like within a couple weeks ago again i linked to the article in the in the episode notes of this episode which speaks uh to this and i also want to play for you guys a piece i'm not gonna play like a bit of his or anything like that but there's two interviews of i think one person there's two interviews in the uh fucking all over the place today there's two interviews in the in the cd one of them is i think someone that was like his manager or something like that and the other one is uh, someone that used to direct his uh, his specials. And I'm not going to play the whole thing. I just want to play one particular piece, like a minute long, of what he said um, about, you know, uh, George, you know, doing the special uh, right after 9-11 and stuff like that, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and the way that they met was pretty dope. Uh, he goes into it, but he explains how, uh, he met him and, uh, he offered him, uh, George Carlin offered him the, the chance to direct one of his specials. Uh, he did. And then, uh, pretty much, and he didn't expect to do any others, but pretty much since that, since then he did 10 of them. So, um, obviously they had a lasting relationship and his name is Rocco Urbisi. And this is a piece of the interview with them. The audience was great. I think they wanted, they were looking for some relief. I think they were grateful that he came. 
we were climbing in this fog, and I remember not as not being a, a a joyful experience, but I think we were, it was a grateful experience. Hey, look, he's from New York. It's his hometown. They fucked on his turf. Maybe people didn't understand at the time, but it's pretty historic that a major figure would have the balls to do a comedy special this close to a horrific event, make it funny, entertaining, and political. You know, I, I think that that's incredible. But that's George. It's just amazing to me now uh, when I hear it after the longest time. Uh, what an incredible piece this is. It really is. It's right up there, boy. And what a beautiful message at the end. I remember that very clearly. We miss this guy, don't we? Yes, we do. And that's a clip, folks. Check out the album. Check it out. Support. Take a listen and enjoy. I definitely did. It was it was funny shit, by the way. It's I mean, it's, it's 2001, so it's 15 years. So it's certain things are touch dated, but he's he was. Always the, well, I don't know. Always because again, I haven't like gone back to like listen to to all his stuff. But even when I was like really into him, when I looked into older like uh, bits and like specials back then, like it was like there was something about him that was lasting that like transcended time. You know, there's different uh, certain things that uh, or things that that are said that are that kind of get dated that you know you can hear or or you interpret as dated but the essence of what he's trying to say is still there and still prevalent and um he was a prolific writer um you know his father an interesting story about i think his father or his mother i don't remember which one but they were like a some sort of like linguist national champions or some something like that and um or debating some i don't know something so i i went through like uh one of those like youtube wormholes i started when i heard the news of this started listening to um different carlin interviews like him on um real time bill maher and um uh john stewart has a dope interview with him that i really liked i think that's the one where where he was speaking about a bunch of this stuff uh but he was really into the craft and really into the writing aspect of it uh which is something that 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 uh, I like and I connected to. So anyway, check it out. Let me know what you folks think. So speaking of writing, I recently, well, a long time ago, like too long ago, um, longer than I feel comfortable with ago, if that makes sense, I had an idea of reading, or not I had an idea, I, I'm pretty sure I like heard it on a, on a podcast or something like that. Um, one of the writing podcasts I listened to and they, somebody mentions how certain screenplays are like studied, like in film schools and like stuff like that. And the different like creative writing classes and like the perfect screenplay, like movies like, um, what's that movie with, uh, Chinatown with Jack Nicholson. That's one of them that's supposedly like studied. And, um, another one is back to the future, which happens to be my favorite uh 80s movies uh one of my favorite movies like the entire trilogy and i do think back to the future 2 is just as good or maybe even a touch better than part one and one of those 
uh, people I know the camp is uh, kind of split on that. Anyway, um, so I wanted to like look them up, you know, and, and like read them and kind of see like how they were written, trying to get like the beat of them. And it, it would be just like interesting from a, a writing perspective to see like that, how what's on the page gets translated into film. And obviously there's a lot of like steps in between and a lot of other chefs in the kitchen when it comes to that in terms of like the studio and producers and directors and actors and everybody that brings their own element of stuff into a project to make it what it is. Um, but it all starts and all stems from that, from writing, in my opinion, everything does. Um, and I wanted to see it. So I downloaded like a bunch of these, these, uh, I found them online. Um, and they are available, like readily available for free for anyone uh, that wants to take a look and they're pretty cool. You know, I'd like fan through them, but then didn't really like read them, read them. But recently I started reading the back to the future one and it's super cool, super cool and interesting, uh, to see how, uh, what I just mentioned, like all the other, um, like chefs in the kitchen or whatever, how that translates into certain changes that are made, um, from the script to the screen. And, you know, things aren't like word for word, certain things like on, on, you, you know, I've heard actors speak about it. Certain things are, wind up getting ad-libbed and the director likes it and it works better and whatever, you know, the magic of cinema happens. So it's cool to see like little differences like that uh, between the script and the movie. Which for those of you that don't know was written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. But it's it's fun. I'm actually like enjoying going through it. It's the entire thing is and it's the fourth draft of it that is available uh, online, which I linked to to the episode notes, by the way. Um, the whole thing is like 96 pages long and I don't know. It's 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 fun for me to right now to like geek out on it, and um, it, I don't know. It feels like just watching the movie because I know the movie so well. I've seen it like dozens of times, um, and it's pretty dope to just read it and and pick up on those differences again. Like for example, um, there's an iconic scene in the diner when he first goes back to 1955, accidentally, and he's he walks into the diner and he sees his father for the first time and. And then Biff walks in, and he's like, yeah, McFly. And then Marty thinks that uh, he's speaking to, uh, Biff is speaking to him. Then he realizes that he's speaking to his father, which is sitting um, right by him. And anyway, one of the cronies that is with Biff winds up saying, uh, you know, putting the attention on Marty when after Biff is like done picking on, on his father. Uh, he says to get a load of this guy. He's wearing a life preserver because he had that like orange life preserver, you know, like those bubble coats that we used to wear, um, which I guess they used to wear early in the 80s as well. But in the 90s, I remember rocking that shit in high school too. Uh, that like sleeveless life preserver looking like bubble bubble jacket. And they're like, get get a load of the dork with the, with the life preserver. He thinks he's going to drown or whatever. In the screenplay, it's get the he had green sneakers on he didn't have that orange like uh life preserver and the line is get a load of the get a load of the dork with the green sneakers he get a load of the dork look at his sneakers he painted them green he thinks he's a leprechaun um so and which obviously like the life preserver thing in my opinion works a lot better 
it got like punched up nicely but the it's just cool to see like stuff like that like what made it in what didn't um it's interesting and in one of the scenes in the beginning when the if you remember like after marty and jennifer are leaving school and they're like by the clock tower and that lady passes by attacked for the for the change to save the clock tower she's from the like preservation society or something for the town and she asks for a quarter and gives that's when she gives marty the flyer that then in the future is you know the proof that he shows uh doc brown to say that a lightning bolt is going to hit it because they need a lightning bolt to generate the 1.21 gigawatts that are needed to send them back in time or yeah back um he's there with jennifer and they get keep getting interrupted they're about to make out first they get interrupted by the lady and then um they get interrupted by the father of jennifer that shows up and like honks the horn in the screenplay it's doc brown that passes by and honks the horn and interrupts them uh kissing and then they go over to doc brown and that's where doc brown tells tells them already remember one o'clock today or whatever and he tells them you know to meet him at the mall so that's like a little difference uh in the screenplay versus the movie and i don't know so far it's it's a uh, pretty dope to like read through it. and it's an easy read and it's cool how it's written in a way that you could like easily visualize it that's what i like that i'm picking up on and kind of like learning um like the beat of it like the ways we're in the style of it and the the like the verbiage or the language of screenwriting if you will which i'm not going to say I, I learned from reading uh one screenplay but you kind of start uh picking up on it which is pretty cool and i could um see down the line you know using this as a template um or and other screenplays that that i plan on reading as a template to turn like a short story of mine or a book into a screenplay uh, which would which is a definitely which is definitely a goal of mine uh, when it comes to writing but one that i want to i have to like make myself earn you know once i feel accomplished enough to and not accomplished enough but once i get a few uh, writing pieces under my belt that I want to get under my belt before um venturing off into trying something like this because the thing in and of itself you know it shouldn't be treated as like a, oh yeah let me just dabble in that there's people that like write scripts for a living like dozens and dozens and hundreds of scripts that never get bought or anything like that but just as a creative exercise it's going to be dope uh to try to do I wrote a South Park episode actually once, like just for myself, just to see how well I felt. I knew the, the characters and like, I don't have it posted anywhere or anything like that, but, um, uh, definitely after reading this screenplay, like I kind of see how I should have written it, like the style, how helpful it would have been to have written it in this style. But yeah, that's it about that. Anyway, I linked to the Back to the Future screenplay. If you guys want to check it out, it's in the episode notes. It's a PDF link. And uh, obviously the website that it's from is within that link. So if you guys want to look up like any other screenplays of your favorite movies or anything like that, check it out. You might you might uh, like it. Uh, it's good reading on the on the subway. Mix it up a little bit between reading, you know, news and books and shit like that. Unless you're listening to the Spun Today podcast, then 
you should definitely not read anything until you've listened to each and every episode a few times. Oh, one last thing. Another, like, a uh, as an aside, that I got from reading the screenplay, which is probably going to sound like, duh, but the a very good way to place to place the like the setting like the date and the time of of where your story takes place that i noticed like i saw them i saw robert zemeckis and bob gale do this within the screenplay is mention which is a little on the nose the fact that you know it's a time machine and it says you know we're going back to 1955 or whatever so you know where you're at but from the character standpoint or if you don't have like that that uh, tool to show that uh within a story that you're writing you know uh just to to place it is to mention something like the the president like they mentioned for example something like um in the background the tv had a newscast and the person was saying president eisenhower predicted that this year house prices were going to blah 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 um so right there you don't have to say you know we are in the year blah 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 uh, 1955 um and so forth because president eisenhower you place it within that like eight-year window of his presidency or four i don't know if he got reelected or four-year window um which is a pretty cool tool and not you know just with presidents but that's kind of like a I'm sure you can find things that are can hour it that much more. It was a pretty cool uh, takeaway, which again, it's probably obvious to some of you uh, writers and creatives out there, or maybe just readers in general. Uh, but it's something that kind of, when I read it, I was like, ah, I see what you're doing there. That's pretty cool. And I like that. Now let's get to the free writing portion of the podcast. And today I'm going to read two different posts that are located at spontaneity.com forward slash free writing. If you want to read along or check them out at a later date and time or share them or comment or et cetera, et cetera, feel free to do so. Both of the ones that I'm reading were posted onto the, the site on September 19th, 2016. That's going to be the date that you see at the top center before the post. And the first one I'm going to read is called Our Past Molds Our Present to Impact Our Future. That's the title of it. And I wrote, it's a new day. Yesterday is over. Its triumphs and its failures have gone with it. It exists now only in your memory as a barometer to measure up against today. Whatever happened, good or bad, doesn't have to spill over into today unless you want it to unless you let it anything that does seep through the barriers of time can be navigated and handled in any way you'd like you don't have to treat it the same way you did yesterday you're a new and improved you today right we learn from our past in order to mold our present to impact our future in a more positive way don't stray from that mentality and see what tomorrow will bring. I wrote that on Thursday, August 6, 2015 at 7.32 p.m. And I still agree with that, like the sentiment of it, I guess, which is pretty much saying 
my interpretation of it now is you carrying negative or positive things with you um, to the next day or to, or just in general is a personal choice. And you control your inputs that, you know, things that you take in and people that you uh, keep around you and so forth, as well as your outputs and how you react to people around you. And, you know, sometimes you lose control of that or you, you let your emotions get the best of you and you react, you know, one way or the other, uh, whether positive or negative and everything in between. But it ultimately is something that is within your control, whether you choose to attempt to learn how to hone that in and how to control uh, certain impulses that you have or certain certain tendencies that you have is a choice in and of itself too, which ultimately leads to the choice of of having that you know positive or negative uh, type of outburst. Um, the precursor to that of saying, okay, I have this negative tendency to act like this, this, and that when this, this, and that happens is, uh, a choice in and of itself. Like I said, like having that, that ability to be objective enough to step back and say, okay, I noticed when I snapped at this person, I was just fill in the blank. You know, you were just doing this, this, and that. So next time that, um, you know, going to deal with that person, I'm not going to be doing this, this, and that. So, you know, and you choose to try at least to, to take like a proactive approach to, to curb certain things that you want to, um, stop doing. And, you know, conversely, um, you know, there could be situations where you're, you're like, damn, I wish I would have, you know, spoken to this person or said this or, or approached that person I wanted to, but I was too shy to, or, or whatever. And notice those situations while you're still in them, uh, enough to be able to proactively change them and, you know, try something. Anyway, that's what I got from that. And your past definitely does mold. I like that part. Our past in order to mold our present. Wait, what? We learn from our past, hopefully, in order to mold our present to impact our future. All right. And the last piece that I have to read is also posted onto the website on September 19th, 2016. And the title of it is Leave Some Reminiscing for Another Day. And I wrote, Stop and take a look around. I guess I was watching like Ferris Bueller or something when I wrote this. <laughs> Stop and take a look around. Take a sabbatical from routine life. Break away from the planning, goal setting, and plotting away for the future. I completely disagree with all of this. As of right now, by the way. That's all I do. It's <laughs> over plan and goal set and shit like that. But maybe I should take... My own advice on that. Anyway, break away from the planning, goal setting, and plotting away for the future. Look back at all that you've done. All that you've lived. Don't become complacent, but pat yourself on the back. It's been a rough road thus far, 
but it's been a rough road thus far. I'm, I'm sure like starving kid in a camp when DR has it a bit rougher. <laughs> it's been a rough road thus far, but it's definitely had its high points. Very true. It's glory points. Be proud of your accomplishments. Recognize them at the very least, which you should. I think I agree with that. You've made it this far, and today is just the beginning of everything else that is yet to come. Now turn around and away from the reflection. Leave some reminiscing for another day. Take the rest of today to be present. Be in the now. Sink into the existence of your surroundings. Be with them. Tomorrow, continue with your methodic grind But don't forget to reset and revisit days like today every once in a while. I wrote that on Monday, August 10th, 2015 at 10.23 a.m. And I I do do like it. I like the the idea and the concept behind it. Like stop and smell the roses every once in a while. And yeah, like that Ferris Bueller. I think the Ferris Bueller after the credits when he comes back and he's like you know, stop, you know, life is a busy place or something like that. Stop and look around every once in a while or you might miss it. Um, it's like that same type of concept. You know, you can't always just grind, 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 work, work, work. And conversely, you can't always just, you know, fun, 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 be responsible and not work. That has to be a balance to things. At least that's what seems to work best for me. Uh, you know, there's yin, yin and yang to it. And there's nothing wrong with with letting yourself know the same way that you would want to let a loved one know. Like, oh, I like when you do this or I hate when you do that. Um, have those kind of conversations with yourself, you know. Um, check yourself when you need to. And, you know, don't be vain about it. But like I mentioned, pat yourself on the back. Say, you know what? You worked hard on this and look you accomplished this, you know, keep it up and, and keep grinding. It's not for nothing. Even if it's something that only you would ever notice, you know what I mean? Like this line that I rewrote, you know, 40 times and I finally got it right, but nobody else even remembers it in the story or something like that. (laughs) It's a shit like that. Pretty cool. Actually, it's like little gems of development personal growth and development and uh yeah that's it let me know what you guys think again you can see these uh free writing pieces that i just referenced at spuntoday.com forward slash free writing and you can share them you can like them you can comment tell me that you think that i'm full of shit and you don't agree with them or that you do agree with them or whatever you want check it out either way let me know what you guys think and that's it folks that's the episode for this week thank you very much for taking a listen to episode 56 of the Spun Today podcast again I'm your host Tony Ortiz and if you would like to support the podcast you can do so in several ways which I am about to mention now and if you would not like to support the podcast you can stop listening now because the rest of it is just shameless plugs and ways that you can help and support the podcast First up, the Midday Monday Boost Letter. 
I have a weekly we blah, I have a weekly newsletter that I share every Monday at noon. Hence the name Midday Monday Boost Letter. And its purpose is to give you a little boost on a Monday. Because uh, if you guys are like me, Mondays fucking suck. And I put five of my favorite things into this newsletter every week. And it's a picture of the day. Because I like photography, I like pictures, I like taking them, I like seeing them. So I share a uh, picture of the week that I find could be anywhere. Um, usually from Instagram, though, that's uh, where the majority of them come from. And a podcast of the week. It's a podcast that I have recently listened to, that I enjoyed, that I think that uh, other people should take a listen to, that I feel that uh, I got uh, either something constructive from, something inspirational from, something like super funny, etc. A video of the week, which could be anything from a uh, breakfast club uh, interview, um, a TED talk, a funny clip uh, online from a comedian, or it could be anything, literally anything, but uh, a battle rap, uh, which I'm really into, uh, the writing and creative aspects of that, and um, those are the types of things that you normally see. Within the video section, then two more things. A word of the week. I like words, obviously. Don't like calling myself a writer, but I like writing. <laughs> and a quote of the week. Um, I love quotes. I like collecting quotes. So check it out. If you guys are interested in the Midday Monday Boost Letter, go to sponsor.com forward slash subscribe. Drop in your email address and you'll get the very next one. Also, if you are a writer or a creative of some kind, I have a, a questionnaire on my website uh, that has five questions, five open-ended questions regarding creativity and what you do and stuff like that and how you push yourself to do what you do. And uh, we've had several uh, different writers fill them out in the past. I share them uh, on here, your, your responses to those five questions on a future episode of the podcast and i like them i know i get i've gotten tips from them that i have used and continue to use and i'm sure other folks will down the line as well so if you're interested in checking that out uh go to spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire if you want to check out some of the photography that i've done is it done or that i've taken that i've made that i've captured with my camera and <laughs> check it out at sponsor.com forward slash photography i like them they're probably you know for photographer standard they're probably not good but i think they look dope and i like them so if you want to check them out feel free at spontae.com forward slash photography you can download any of them for free and use them as like screensavers or or um you know make a shrine of one of them and pray to it every every night and worship it because it's a one of the most beautiful things that you've ever seen in your life you do that too
um, if you do want actually a print of any of the uh, the pictures on there, you can order them through Crated. That's C R A T E D dot com forward slash Spun Today. All my photography is on there. Also, it's a service that pretty much creates posters and you know, picture frames out of your photography and canvases and stuff like that. So check it out if you're interested in something like that. Uh, my affiliate links. A great way to support the podcast financially uh, without wasting any money whatsoever is to use my affiliate links. You can go to spuntray.com forward slash affiliate links before going on any other website. Uh, uh, not any other website, but before going on websites like Amazon or iTunes to buy stuff, go to my website first. It's just uh, one extra click. Click on the Amazon banner on my website and it'll shoot you right over to Amazon. And just for driving traffic uh, to Amazon, they give me a kickback for any of your purchases. And it doesn't cost you anything extra. They don't raise the price on anything. You can check it out. Uh, yourself you know go through my site first then go to amazon like a different browser or shut down your computer or whatever it literally does not cost you anything extra i do it all the time uh, for all the different podcasts that i i listen to as voraciously as i do um i uh you know go through all their different i take turns whenever i buy stuff on amazon which i do fairly often and uh i use their banner links and to support you know it helps and it would be dope if you guys would do that for the Spun Today podcast. My book, my first book, is available uh, in paperback form or in ebook form. And the ebook you can find on Kindle, on Kobo, on Smashwords, on iBooks, wherever you read ebooks, it's probably there. Um, through Smashwords, it's on like 55 different like stores or platforms or something like that. I don't even know. You know. Well, all of them are, but you know, you guys know the main ones, Kindle, Kobo, uh, iBooks. Check it out. The book is called Make Way For You. It's tips for getting out of your own way. Uh, pretty much like motivational, inspirational. Uh, give you a little spark to do what you got to do and get your shit done uh, type of book. And if you guys want to learn more about it or uh, listen to a couple free excerpts that I put in like audio form, go to spuntoday.com forward slash books check it out and uh, i can send you guys actually a free copy if you want not send well yeah digitally send you a free copy i'm not gonna send you a physical copy um but if you guys do want a free copy of it go uh, to that same link sponsor.com forward slash books which you could also find in the episode notes and drop in your email address and i'll send you over a free copy of the book if not you can pay i think it's 3.99 on any of the other platforms for the ebook copy rate and review the podcast on itunes stitcher google play youtube uh well youtube is actually you don't rate and subscribe well you do subscribe to it but you don't like rate or anything right you could well actually yeah you could do like the thumbs up on youtube uh what else uh pocket cast iHeartRadio, the podcast is on now um or any of your favorite podcasters it helps uh what it does is you know it's something really quick to do you just click on the little uh star all the way on the right the five star <laughs> rating and that's it. it takes a couple seconds and helps the podcast rise up in the rankings which means more people notice it more people listen to it more people rate it five stars and it becomes uh 
a really cool thing. And I would appreciate if you guys did that. So rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcatchers. Fuck, is he done yet? He's plugging so much shit. <laughs> like my Facebook fan page, facebook.com forward slash spun today. Follow me on Instagram or on Twitter at spun today. Uh, Tumblr. I have a Tumblr page, which I barely ever go on, to be honest. But it's uh, the podcast is also available on there. If you like Tumblr, you can listen to the podcast through Tumblr as well at spuntodaypodcast.tumblr.com. And lastly, in terms of support, you can support the podcast financially again by checking out the Patreon page. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash spun today is a way that you can choose to donate a dollar or two dollars or a million dollars per episode of the podcast or as like a one-time donation thing i think they give you the option to do that but you could do like 50 cents per episode or whatever um which will cost you a dollar a month you cheap fuck because i do two episodes a month and yeah i would really appreciate it so if you guys want to check that out go to patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash spun today and that's it folks that's the episode episode 56 of the spun today podcast and as always substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams thanks for listening